You're listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast, inspiring commentary and intelligent insight from experts in the thick of it. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Walter from Analyst of Forrester Research. Welcome to another episode of Technopolitics. I am very, very pleased to have Mike Basemeyer back. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. I appreciate you having me back. I, uh, I enjoy the the big stage here and uh you know it's always fun to to talk uh, talk tech with you guys yeah and uh now you just came back from brazil right i did i did first time ever yeah and this is kind of the motivation for this week's episode because you were there to talk about modern application development that's right that's right and uh and the, and the changes that are brought about with uh with the modern app uh so why did you have to go to brazil to talk about that because that's where the modern apps are coming from now. They're all, they're all in Brazil. Well, you know what? That's interesting. That's an interesting segue because I think that's kind of what part of the change is based upon our prior conversation. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's an emerging market. Their economy is absolutely booming. Uh, you know, buildings going up all over the place. Uh, a, lot, a lot going on down there. And so, so a lot of companies are, are, are taking advantage of that and, and, and doing some development down there. And so that's why I was there. And isn't part of it that uh, developers can be anywhere nowadays? That's, that's a really great part, especially those doing uh, mobile development. And mobile development is driving a lot of what we do. And so, uh, you know, those developers can be anywhere at any time. Uh, and that's driven by a number of things that are changing app development as we know it. Well, I guess to understand what modern development is, we have to know what old school development is. So w- what is old school development? So when I think of old school development, I think of the things I was taught, uh, you know, uh, tight couplings between model, view, and controller, the, the the MVC paradigm that all of us computer engineers were taught uh, uh, way back in school, but you know, we we sit down and we develop uh, enterprise application systems. We develop the interface on uh, on on websites or rich internet applications that we use, and the two of them are very tightly coupled together. And that that was that was kind of the old way, mm-hmm. and the new way with with mobile apps, where I might walk into an elevator and lose my signal, or I might switch from three G to four G, and and lose my network connectivity. Uh, we we kind of have to have more of a disconnected model and a model that can that can handle those changes in in, in network. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's so it sounds like there's architectural difference in the, in the way you have to develop this. It's not everything's on the same computer. That's correct. That's uh, correct. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, I know you had to go to the office first of all. Right. Right. Because all the systems were connected there. Um, but now we have the internet. We have cloud computing, which we've had you know for for a while now, um, and that's changing uh, the cost. Of development as that's well. True. That's true. That's true. So in, in, in the past, uh, typical A rounds of funding, typical, you know, the, the, the first level of funding that I would get from, from a, a venture and, and capital by, firm. By A round of funding, you're talking about a startup seeking funding. The first few million would, is called A round. That's right. That's right. The, the, fir- the first round, however large it might be. And in, in the past, that, that, that first round was five, 10, 12 million dollars. Yeah. Simply because setting up all my machines, buying all my machines, procuring the software, getting all that set up, getting all my development environment set up, that in and of itself, just the back end, before I hire a single employee, was five, six million dollars. And then I hire a few employees, get an environment set up that they can do development, buy their development environments, maybe a laptop or, or things like that. And now we're talking another two or three million dollars on top of that. So 
So we're at uh, an A round of funding that requires $10 million before we've ever really developed anything just so that's to just get 10, off the ground. Ten, $10 million just for hardware. Essentially, ten million for hardware and you know a little bit of uh, of of uh, you know people to, to to do the work. Right, and now I mean nowadays. And now it's about roughly ninety percent less than that because now I can simply go out to the to the internet, uh, go to you know a, a platform as a service site, uh, a back end as a service. If I'm doing mobile development, click well, a few buttons and 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 I'm up and running with very minimal and at sometimes no cost. Yeah, so you mean like. Amazon.com. Yep, I can right. go to Amazon for EC2 or yeah. uh, you know Rackspace or Heroku. Uh, you know a lot of these uh, platform as a service cloud providers or um, you know Parse, uh, Convey, StackMob, the the, the back end service guys. provider. Yep, yep. So yeah, well, I, yeah. That, I mean, that's a big change. That it's certainly then that is a big change where you'd need all that funding. Yeah. Uh, just to to get to get going. Uh, that reminds me of a company called Animoto.com. Do okay. you know Animoto? I don't. Uh, well, you can you can Google it, but <laughs> basically, <laughs> what they do is they let you upload videos and photos, and pick music, and it does kind of like a YouTube slash MTV style three minute video of like your photo album. Oh wow! Okay. Anyway, it started I don't know several years ago, but completely started on in the cloud using Amazon EC2, yep. um, Elastic Compute Two, their uh, cloud platform. Yep. And I think when they launched their app, it they were using 50 instances, so 50 servers, sure, sure. Uh, you know, to, uh, instances on Amazon. And then they launched some sort of modification which would allow this app to run on Facebook. So in a week, they went from needing 50 instances to 5,000 instances. Yep. Now imagine... In the past, you'd have to buy all those machines. You'd and, have to buy those yep. machines. You couldn't, you couldn't scale that way in a week. Can you imagine going to a venture capitalist and saying, oh, yeah, this is going to be really big. As soon as we launch this thing, I'm going to... And, and then, and it's not just convincing the venture capitalist that you need 20 mil right. to build that out, but it's also setting it up and doing it in the hosting. That's and in and, and cloud, they can do it uh, essentially instantly. At the click of a button. So, it, so the barrier... I guess so. So th- I guess your first point is that the barrier uh, in modern application development has been lowered, at least from an infrastructure standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the back end has been the back end costs have been lowered, uh, and, and and it's more than just even setting up the servers. It's it's finding a place to put them, paying the power bill, trying to find a way to cool them. Uh, you know, when all that initial demand goes away because another competitor has come out and you know maybe superseded your offering. You can't just give all those back to Dell or, or whomever you bought it from. You know, you still have to pay for them. And with cloud, with the, the elasticity that you talked about, I can have elasticity of cost as well. And so, uh, so I can continue, operate, continue to operate profitably with these waves. So what else makes uh, uh, modern application development different? So, so the, the, the next thing is the as-a-service model. Just, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, uh, but platform as a service gives me uh, not only just the computing hardware, but it gives me the OS. It gives me some, some app server and application fundamentals, uh, infrastructure fundamentals that I can, I can essentially have everything deployed for me, and I can just immediately start writing the value add that I'm providing to the enterprise or to my consumers, whomever it may be. The as-a-service also means, like, there's this availability of third-party components sure. um, on the web, too, that you can use. I, I mean, I yep. know, um, do you know uh, uh, Red Laser? Uh, you got me again. I don't. Red Laser? Well, 
this is actually a quiz. On, <laughs> on, 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 I'm asking you things I know you don't know. Yeah, stump the uh, Yeah, thing. but uh, yeah, Red Laser. Um, no, you'll remember it when I when I tell you about it. They they basically c- developed this app. eBay now owns them. Okay. They acquired them. Mobile app. You line up on a on a barcode okay. in a store. Right. It reads the barcode, then it looks up the price. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I know uh, Amazon has a tool for that that yeah. I use with my phone and things like that. So. Yeah, so, so Red Laser is one. But the thing about it is that that's, uh, that can be embedded in a developer's yep. application. Yep. It lives on the cloud. Yep. And, and, and there's a number of these, these, these new services that are, that are being generated. So without a full end-to-end client service model, as we had in the past, now we have folks like this that, that create a service, put it out there, and allow the service to be consumed by, by you know, any other number of third-party uh, applications or front-ends that want to deal with it. These are APIs, uh, Application yep. Programming Interface. I yep. think that's the term we were, <laughs> we yep. were, we were searching for here. And there's uh, thousands of them. Right. Oh, millions probably. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. Um, you know, folks like uh, IFTTT, if this and that, they, they, they've taken this concept. Wait a minute. IF, say that again? IF. Now T- you're stumping me. Oh, well, that, that's, a, that's a new one. Um, but what? IFTTT, if this, then that. It's, uh, uh, okay. it's kind of a, a visual way to do uh, just what we were talking about. So, so if I get an email from you, I can set up a, a rule that says every time I get an email from Mike, uh, write a new log entry into my Google Docs uh, page that says, you know, once again, I got an email from Mike and, you know, I should probably ignore or, you know, whatever I want to do. So, so it's a way to kind of stitch these services together uh, in a way that they may not have originally been intended to do. So that, so I guess the impact to development, I mean, what makes that modern is you're going to write less code. Going to write far less code. It's going to be a lot quicker. So the the development cycle is a lot shorter. In the past, our development cycles were were twelve to eighteen months. But let me press you a little bit on sure. the on the quicker. Why is it so? It's quicker. Uh, I'm guessing here, but it's quicker because if you need some functionality in your app, you just scour sure the internet for APIs, right? Yep, you can you can do that, and you know the prevalence of open source uh, helps this out as well. So there's there you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of open source libraries that 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 you can use, or a lot of these services that uh, that, that you can t- make use of. So so instead of instead of having an idea and then having to invent every single part of that idea, I can now have a high level idea and use a service composition model. So I can take and stitch in a lot of these disparate services together. To create something that works, and right. then if done properly, as I find new pieces that do it better, I simply push pull the ones that that you know were poor performing or poor functionality, push in the new one, and I immediately get an overall better set of functionality. Right. So old school, you'd either have to write the code yourself, or you'd have to like find a library, purchase the library, download it, run it on your own software. Now you just have to find the service and use it. Yep. And and I guess one way to to really hit this point home is that uh, no one in their right mind, I don't think, would ever like write their own mapping function, right? In an app, they're going to bring in Bing or Google yep. or, you know, yep. I, I mean, it, it would be a huge effort to write your own mapping function. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, 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 and a lot of things is, you know, do you, can you really do it that much better such that it, it's worth the time and investment to do it? And, and, and generally that case is, is no, mm-hmm. especially for the, 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 the common services that, that we've grown to use daily. Okay. What else, what else uh, do you think is a, a sort of a, a 
foundation of modern application development. Yep. So, so another thing is, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but the uh, in the in the past we had a very tight binding between our enterprise services and the clients that ran on top of them, and therefore the the network stack and the protocols that that enabled that to happen. Things like uh, SOAP uh, and and uh, and XML RPC. Uh, that required the server and client to always be in constant communication. This isn't the case anymore. So, so mobile devices that that might uh, roam from 3G to 4G to nothing at all, you can't assume that that uh, that the, the constant communication is always there. So, very transactional driven services can't continue to work that way. Right. So these are so you mentioned SOAP and and, and RPC. These yep. are. These are protocols, right? That we used to that, use, and these are the protocols that are kind of create a connection between the services and the client. And that's they correct. Were that's kind of the language they talk when they talk when, when when computers talk back and forth. It's it's the it's the language or the protocol right. that they use to talk back and right. forth. And so they were tightly coupled, yep. and I think now we call that loosely coupled. That's right. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So so yeah. so the 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 more loose uh, coupled, the better. And so now. Now we're starting to introduce, uh, you know, a, a, a transformation layer in between. So instead of using these protocols that require an always-on session, we now put a layer in between that uh, use more of an event model, uh, an asynchronous uh, disconnected event model, such that the client can can throw something over the wall, if you will, to the server, and the server can process it. And whenever it's done, if it's done now or a day from now, it can th- throw something back over the wall and push that out to the client, and then the client can act on it uh, you know, at its leisure. And so that's, that's a lot different than what we used to have, which is a, a tightly coupled, connected TCP right. experience. And I guess that makes sense, even with the second thing we were talking about, the APIs, the application programming interfaces, yep. all the services out there, because to actually make that work, you have to be loosely coupled. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because so it's kind of a function. They go kind of hand in hand. Yeah, in, in, in the past when you when you were developing services, you had your clients there you know, with you to say, hey, here's what I'm going to write. Here's how you're going to consume it. And now with, with, this, uh, with this service composition model that we talked about, a lot of folks when writing a service have no idea who's going to use it, how they're going to use it. They just want to, want to make something that's easy to use, uh, as verbose as possible, um, and, uh, and, and essentially, I can uh, you know talk to it uh, in in what computers would consider a very natural language. And what else? What else is what else makes application development modern? Um, the uh, the you know one of the final things is is how easy it is to to get development environments uh, up and running for for developers. And so in the in the past, if I had to you know download. Uh, I'll, I'll go way, way back. So, you, you know, Unix environments in which I had to understand my compiler, understand uh, how to do a Linker. build environment. Yeah, linkers. <laughs> that's, wait, you know. that's even further back. Yeah. yeah, these are the things I studied in the history class even. Yeah. So, because um, uh, I'm so young. and um, <laughs> But, uh, uh, you know, understanding all those took a lot of time. Setting up those infrastructures took a lot of time and effort and money. Nowadays, I can simply download Eclipse I download some very easy uh, build mechanisms or even things like PhoneGap will do builds for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this, uh, this allows me to literally wake up in the morning, stand in the shower, uh, have an epiphany, and say, I've got a really great idea. I'm going to develop Instagram. And literally get out of the shower, 
potentially dry off, maybe not, sit down on my bed and start writing code. You have all your ideas in the shower, don't you? Most, most of them, yeah. Because yeah. you've mentioned the shower many <laughs> times uh, on Technopolitics. Or maybe I spend way too much time in there, uh, <laughs> you know, one, one or the other. So, um, yeah. But no, you know, you can, you can literally sit down and start writing and start prototyping. And with these cloud environments, with the ease of use that you're stitching back ends together, uh, I can come up with, uh, you know, with a full end-to-end application prototype and prototype today means a lot different than it did in the past this is a prototype that's functional and you know and can show things off i can have that have that done in a half a day right you know and so and 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 now when i go to venture capital guys instead of instead of coming to them with a business plan and ideas and grand pie in the sky uh you know facts and figures i can simply take my mobile device give it to them and say use this yeah i can just imagine the type of pitch you would make it's like, oh, I had this great idea in the shower. Absolutely, give me seven mil. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and fortunately, I, I, you know, I dried off and put clothes on before I came, <laughs> you know, came to your firm to yeah. talk about it. Now, two two things you didn't mention that came to mind, sure. and and I think I know why. Um, one is programming languages. You know, you didn't. So part of a modern development isn't necessarily new programming languages because it really. What do we mean by modern? Because Java, uh, which is still a, a very popular language, sure. came in like 1993. Sure. Uh, mid ninety ninety five. Uh, let's see. iPhone. We're using Objective C. I suppose that's new, but it's still C. I mean, um, so I know there's been new scripting languages, new programming languages, but right. that. But is this? Does that? Does are there any languages that that make a, a modern? Um, so so you know the you know on the on the back end at least that transformational layer I talked about you know a lot of folks are using Node.js which is JavaScript and and, and and JavaScript that was that was created. You know I hate JavaScript, right? I know you do, um, and uh, and I've I've not always been uh, been a, a huge fan myself. Uh, I mean, of it. I you know talk about modern to me that's going medieval, that's going <laughs> backwards. Okay, well, but I think that's a whole other podcast. Any 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 time at least on the client side, any time a language is allowed to rewrite itself and then reparse <laughs> itself to to do things that it makes it a little bit hard to read and yeah. hard to comprehend, but. Um, uh, no, you know the 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 languages are uh, are more powerful. There's just more information out there. So you know, if I need to learn a language, I go to Google and, and, and Google it, and I'm going to find you know a wiki page on it. I'm going to find uh, you know go out to a lot of people asking questions, and those questions are all answered, and I can essentially learn what I need to know as easy as uh, I think. What was it the the first uh, the first Matrix movie when when I need to learn to fly a helicopter? I simply plug in. And get downloaded the code into my yeah. head to fly a helicopter. You plug that in the shower. Uh, in the shower, absolutely. And, I, and, and that's, <laughs> that's where, where I, you learn. That's where you think. That's where I have. That's where I have the plug. That's where I play really loud music, yeah. so it helps out as well. Well, you know, one of our colleagues, Jeffrey Hammond, uh, often talks about polyglot programmers. Sure. You know, uh, programmers who who use more than one language, and that's probably that's a probably a true reality of modern application development. Like, you know, it's not yeah. like the old days where it's like, I'm a C programmer, I'm a COBOL programmer, I'm a Java programmer. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way uh, to get fired. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you've got to use, you've got to probably use a mix of languages. One yep. observation, though, I've had about languages is that there have been languages come up like they're saviors. Like <laughs> Ruby on Rails. Yes, yes. Or Erlang, or, you know, yeah. an, or uh, uh, Scala. Yep. Um, and... You know, they really don't pan out as promised. Yeah, well, in, in, in their you know, special purpose. I was going to say, yeah, they're 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 very purpose driven. Uh, you know, they 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 have a have a niche and, and a lot of times serve that niche very well. But the good thing is, you know, for 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 a, a good programmer, 
you like to solve puzzles, you like to uh, you know, find new and innovative, more performant, better ways to do things. And so if that's the case, the languages are just a, a simple matter of semicolons. You know, which, which semicolons do you want to learn? Which uh, syntax do you want to learn? Do you like playing around and learning new things? If so, you're probably going to be a pretty good programmer. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we both agree that, you know, programmers need to be prepared to learn multiple languages Absolutely. And, and use them. And that's now, not a bad thing. You know, that's, you know why, yeah. why, why wouldn't you want to learn yeah, as much exactly. as possible? That's you, awesome. Use the tools you need to use. Um, and that brings us uh, finally to developers themselves. Yep. Are awesome. Like, developers are awesome. Absolutely, they're they're probably my favorite people on the planet. I agree. That's that's yes, high five. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if they heard that recording. I hope so. We need a microphone just for our hands. <laughs> um, so, but no, keep, keep yeah. How do you think developers have changed then? I mean, given that given that they have these yep. resources, uh, you know, yep. what's different with developers? Do you think? Yep. So uh, you you touched on it earlier. It's the tools, and so. Our tools have finally gotten to the point now where the true creatives in our world can really be digitally creative. And so, you know, in the in the past, there was kind of a divide between the designer creative side of, uh, of development shops and then the developers. And so the designers would draw pictures and say, can you please, developers, please try to make this image come to life? And sometimes they would, sometimes they didn't. But now with the tooling we have, either, you know, uh, online cloud-driven tooling or you know, uh, WYSIWYG designers or, you know, a lot of the, the new innovative tools from, from, uh, from Adobe and others, the creatives can actually start to quote unquote write code, start mm-hmm. to, you know, draw, create designs, create experiences. And I think you referred to this a lot in the past, which is instead of, of, of coding, we're now experience creating or, you know, creating these great experiences. And so, and that all just comes back to the tooling with great tooling, our uh, our internal powers and the things that we do best can be manifested, you know, in the in the digital world. Yeah, so designers can become developers, and yep. developers can become designers. Um, uh, I I would say the first part is true. I would contend the second part is tough. The second know. part. So the first so, part, designers become developers. Yep, that's that's doable because that's that's uh, something they can they can learn and do. But um, developers can learn and do design, can't they? Um, they can learn facets of design a lot, but I think I think it takes a creative mind and a creative way of thinking that uh, you know developers may or may not have you know I I think developers are some of the most creative people in the world uh, I I envision myself yes but I um, uh, at the same time there you know there are a lot of design I mean, problems that I just don't understand yeah, because no, I, I don't think that way yeah I know what you mean but I think for creative you know the the, the raw power of creativity they have it but it's focused on like architectural sure, issues or and coding. Or, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's not focused on like, they're not focusing that creativity on, on creating a linked list. User experiences, yeah. for example, you know, developers. So, um, uh, okay, so that's the modern, that's what it means to be in a, a modern application development. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And, and, and the good thing is, you know, we're at a really exciting time. You know, things are changing a lot. The tools are more powerful. Uh, you know, the back ends are changing. We're finding new ways to make things more performant. And, and the things that we're creating are, are you know, extremely, extremely powerful and, and, and fun to use. We're getting to the point now, when I was a kid, I was told that computers are supposed to make our lives better. Uh, and, and they finally are. And, and, and that's really, really exciting and powerful to me. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate being here. And uh, hopefully you'll have me back. Cool. The other thing that's different is energy drinks. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot more energy drinks. Yeah. You've been listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast. 
Read more about the technology fuel disruption and join the discussion at blogs.forester.com.